I, I got. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was inspired by what you sent me from uh, Jake Villas. Okay. So I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do that after this show. I'm about, to, I'm about to give you the most inspirational bars. Yeah. We'll do that then. We'll do plenty of bars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna share with you the bars that inspired me the most. Okay. Let's do it. Ready. Welcome to Pushing Through. It is Friday, February 21st, I believe. Yes, it's Friday, February 21st. Oh my gosh, time is flying by and I'm Tate Frazier and sitting across from me in an undisclosed location somewhere in the city of angels, Mr. BJ Armstrong, aka The Kid. What up, BJ? What up, doe? That's what we say. I mean, you, I mean the, the Detroit people out there understand what I look forward to from. saying that. Yes, every single time. That's what I'm waiting for. We just got back from Chicago. But again, the Detroit kid lives inside of you. But it, but it was nice to be back in Chicago. We recapped the whole All-Star experience yep. in the last podcast. Uh, we got some good things coming up in the next few weeks. We're looking at guests. We're looking at expanding the podcast. Yes. We're looking at getting the Mitchell and Ness podcast launched. We've yes. we got a lot of things that we're working on, BJ. A lot of things. A lot of great guests great response in Chicago and I uh, can't tell you how much fun that we had dealing with all seeing all the familiar faces and <laughs> former players and colleagues and then you and I having that opportunity to share and host the event there which was it was just terrific and I hear um, Tim Hardaway like in my like sleep every Tim, single night Tim, just Tim Hardaway just Tim talking Hardaway, about everyone else you know every now and then world. you'll find someone with a distinctive voice not it, Detroit <laughs> not Detroit <laughs> And, and that's his voice. You can hear, you can hear his voice. You know, where you from? Tim? I'm from Chicago. You, you can, but no one can say it I'm quite gonna take like Steph him. Curry down low. <laughs> Don't get me started. He makes me laugh. But we got to get Tim back on the. First of all, we got to get Tim back on the podcast. Absolutely. And it just let him talk. He's got stories after stories, and uh, it was really fun. It was great to see so many people. But Tim definitely stood out he uh he kept us laughing for sure he is absolutely an all-star in every sense of the word and uh we kind of talked about what that definition is in a basketball sense but i want to talk to you about what's kind of going on in the basketball world because basketball is back you know what i mean the nba everyone's back to playing basketball again and you kind of keep up with the storylines that are going on one of the biggest storylines i saw one of the biggest beefs sometimes we like beef on this podcast because you know we like rap and rap and hip-hop there's there's always some beef sometimes you know what i mean there's a little bit of beef out there and it comes from former teammates right so Kyrie Irving is is uh, elected as the VP of the Players Association yes. and then Kendrick Perkins who's a star on television now we don't have to get too into this but I find it funny Big Perk yeah Big hey. Perk Big Perk's a great guy and he said Kyrie being the VP of the Players Association <laughs> is quote-unquote the blind leading the blind and, and, and I, I think that's a little harsh so I just want to quickly point out that like even though we had such a great time in all-star it felt like everyone came together and that there's unity and then there's always happened. beef there's always beef and then this um, you know when you're playing against somebody you say what you have to do whatever you're trying to get a mental edge but you know when you start talking about people outside of the lines that's when I draw the line right yes you know I here on this show we're gonna you know, keep it inside the lines, we're and, then we're, and then we're outside the lines. We're gonna talk yeah, about things. Yeah, outside and the if lines. and if perk if, if outside the box, maybe that's a better term. Thank outside you. Outside the box, outside the lines, okay. just outside. outside. I mean, even I get it inside, now. That was good. Yeah. I get it. I get it. 
<laughs> That's why he's producing and we're the talent, Yeah, we're right? sitting here. Yeah, yeah. Give um, us give us more notes. But he if if Kendrick has something to say, I think that should be a conversation between him and Kyrie, yes. right? And, and it may have been. Yeah, Who knows? but to say that outside of the lines and what have you, to me is just that draws to me that's that's the that's the area of of the media. And this is why I wanted to always get into the media at some point is because as a player, as an ex-player, I knew the difference when they were talking to the player mm-hmm. and the person. Mm-hmm. And the player, every time a coach criticized the player, it was never personal. It was the, the player made a mistake. The player needs to do better. The player has to improve. But the person is something entirely different. And you never want to cross that line. So in this instance, I would encourage all of these young people to, if you got something to say, go say it. You know, I, I'm going to applaud him for wanting to get involved in his career, Kyrie, mm-hmm. for him to get involved into his future. That That's a step, right? Now, whatever we think about whomever or the position, that's something we can do in private. So I, I'm very careful to start criticizing people outside of the line. But the basketball player, that's fair game. You it, know, I think it's just it, it's just – it doesn't feel right. Yeah, you know what I mean. It doesn't. We don't feel need right. that, especially because we had a beautiful no, no, weekend in Chicago. Let's all absolutely. Come we don't need that, and uh, it's, a, it's it's tough enough, right? And we're all going through things, and and um, like you said, kudos to Kyrie for trying to take that step, and also hey, you know, hope he gets better soon. He got the shoulder surgery coming up. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's all we're pulling for. And let, yeah. let, let's get back inside the lines because we'll talk about basketball. Now right? we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. Now right? we can yeah. laugh again. Yeah, now yeah, we can yeah, laugh. Now yeah. we're having fun again. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Take a deep breath, everyone. Yeah, sigh of relief. And then here we are. We got the stretch run of the season. We got yep. all the chatter coming out of All Star because people were saying, "Who is the guy?" We talked about the game within the game yes. at the All Star game. The guy was. Undoubtedly, Kawhi Leonard, yes. which tips the cap to the. By Los the way, Angeles you Clippers. called in the first quarter. I want to give you. You called that in the first Thank quarter. Thank you. I, we were there watching the game, and you called that. So I want to make sure. This is the first time on any podcast anyone has ever said that I called something. Oh, well, Legitimately, it may be. It may be the last time too. But <laughs> <laughs> but you called it. You you called it, and um, you know when you go to the All Star game, you try to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we talked about it here some weeks ago. The best players always go there with a purpose. And Kawhi Leonard definitely came there with a purpose. It's not an accident what happened there on Sunday. So, you know, I, I give him a shout out. He caught my attention. And we saw the first play of the game was a LeBron James pass to Kawhi Leonard for a three. Yes. And what was the rule, kids? <laughs> Don't defer. So LeBron defer. defers to Kawhi. Kawhi hits the big three, and then he hit a couple more right after that following uh, within a span. And that's when I said, looks like Kawhi is here to play and make a statement. But again, the stretch run of the season. We got the Clippers right. versus the Lakers. We got in the East, we got the Miami Heat. Obviously, people are, are kind of keen on them as a dark horse contender. We got the Bucks. We got Midas. We got your Sixers. People are talking about the Sixers. We yes. got the Raptors. They're still in contention. But looking at the stretch run, what is, as a team, as a contender, what are you looking for for, for teams to lock in? Is the rotation getting tighter? Are we getting guys really locking in, like a Paul Jordan saying taking his yes. game to that all-star level? What's the number one thing you're looking for? Well, now that we know more or less the the – the landscape. The, the landscape. Yeah, we'll say that. The, the that teams, seems like an ESPN term. Yeah, let's yeah, look at the landscape. We're going to say that. So the <laughs> landscape has been set. But more importantly, I, now we know that the rosters have been set. Mm-hmm. With the exception of maybe a buyout Some here buyout guys, or a yeah. buyout there. Like but a for Reggie the most Jackson. Part, yeah, we'll, they will be set. Now, that's very important because now the coaches need a 15 to 20 
block, game block, where they can actually get into a rotation. Mm -hmm. So the thing I'm looking for for these last 25 or 30 games or so is the team that can actually play with their rotational players that they're going to play with in the playoffs. Because now you're going to start shortening the bench. You're going to try to start building up the endurance of the players who are going to need now to play from 35 minutes to 42 minutes. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to find a way to have the consistency that's necessary to make this final run, right? You know, injuries are part of the game. So the team who can actually stay the healthiest in these block of games will probably have a huge advantage going into the going into the postseason. So the Clippers have been in and out all season, right? They haven't had a way to get the... The, the, the cohesiveness as a group for the entire season. But now it's time. Mm -hmm. Either they're going to do it or they're not. You know, now it's time for Philadelphia. Either they're going to do it or not. They've made a decision now to take Al Horford, put him on the bench. Seems like that's going to be their rotation. Mm -hmm. And you're looking for those team. You're looking for the team now that can really exercise and utilize these last 20 games as kind of your last dress rehearsal before the you know the show really this starts. This is who we are. This is our This team. is what we're doing. This is who we are. And most importantly, you have to have your starters in condition to play these extended minutes now. You may in the regular season play in 8-minute stretches. Now I need those guys to maybe play in 12 to 14-minute stretches. Mm -hmm. Because you got to do what you got to do to win that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting too because a lot of people want to point to you mentioned the the minutes going from thirty five to forty two. Giannis has been playing around thirty minutes, minutes, right? And it's been you know no one talks everyone talks about load management, but no one talks about you know not playing as many minutes of the regular season to then load yourself up for that deep playoff run like Giannis is trying to do. So you think that's a smart move for the Bucks, obviously? Yeah, I mean, every, look, it's funny playing how these thirty minutes, things are the, playing thirty uh, minutes yeah. during the regular season. Okay, like I watched them play last night against mm -hmm. Detroit. Right, they win by forty points. You mm -hmm. think it's great? He's getting rest. Okay, but for all of us who work out every day, try working out for twenty minutes on the treadmill, and then say, "Well, tomorrow I'm just going to work out for forty minutes." There's going to be <laughs> some breathing or something going mm -hmm. on until you can build yourself up to be able to play that way, or you know, do forty minutes on the treadmill. Giannis has to have a certain amount of conditioning because the games are going to be that much more physical. Mm -hmm. The games are going to be, he's going to be playing against better players now for an extended amount of time, and he has to be ready to do whatever is necessary, right? So a lot of times the team that is off, like I, when we would sweep teams in Chicago mm -hmm. in the first round, we all disliked it as players because there's no way to get the game conditioning of actually playing when you have to play the – team in the next round mm -hmm. so the team who actually sweeps actually is at a disadvantage to the team who's actually playing game five or six or seven yeah it's the rest versus rust thing. yeah so when you saw the games last night you mm -hmm. saw the rust of the players last <laughs> night the players who are playing the best will always be the players who played at all-star weekend because they actually got some conditioning going mm -hmm. so trey young was at a significant advantage last night than the other players because he played on Sunday. The other players probably went on vacation. They didn't play. And then the players who played, the All-Stars, the first three or four games, they'll always be at an advantage just because they got that one little run in on Sunday, which to the, you know, to the novice doesn't mean a lot. But to anyone that depends on their physical conditioning, once you take a day off, you're back to square one. <laughs> so I understand the that. All, yeah, a, a, absolutely. You know, we all understand that. You know, like you work out for five days in a row, you miss that one day, you're back to square zero <laughs> yeah. the, the next day when you go back. So 
um, you know, I, I was laughing last night at Trey Young. I was like, well, of course he went for 50. Of course. <laughs> you know, he, he's the only one that got some good density work in, you know. And then there was a – I actually love this because Trey Young, we mentioned on this podcast, you know, the all-star situation, he, you know, he cried because he was so excited about it. But then Jimmy Butler earlier in the season, uh, I think Trey Young called game and they ended up losing in overtime. The Hawks did to the Heat. Right. And Jimmy Butler made fun of him for calling game. And then in this matchup, Trey Young scores 50 points. And he's saying that's why he scored 50 points. But if you listen to B.J. Armstrong, you understand that was just because he played a game on Sunday. He's got the conditioning. Well, it's not because he had some – planned they made it seem like he'd been well think about it he, he they pro they but they maybe. had to be there on friday they, they practice on friday right yeah. even if it's a light something you did something yes you did something on saturday and they played hard in that fourth quarter yeah you, you saw you, lebron was sweating you you go to the all-star game you know you're it's fun in games you're doing interviews but on saturday you're doing something mm -hmm. okay then on because you know you want to play and represent you and there's pride there so you know you're gonna you keep yourself engaged mm-hmm now, they had three days of something where the other players... Mentally checked out, yeah. They were like, Freedom. I'm on vacation, yeah. I'm taking time Well-deserved. Well-deserved. So, even though it wasn't, he wasn't pushing full tilt, he had enough pride to not want to be embarrassed on national television mm -hmm. as well. And that little three days of something, now when he comes back and plays, yeah. the other players are... The other players are practicing on Tuesday night, Wednesday. They're just like winded. They're trying to get their conditioning. <laughs> He's like has an advantage. He hasn't really taken any time off. Mm -hmm. So the All Stars, Joel Enby, what did he have? Like thirty nine or something, right? Mm -hmm. So you can see, you can see the difference, mm -hmm. right? So All Star Weekend, I learned this just watching because I was playing with guys who were going to be in All Star game. I was like, why are these guys so much better when they come back from All Star than me? And I was like, oh, because they they're lathered up. They've been playing. Yeah. They're playing, right? And I haven't. So what I would do All Star Weekend is I would always condition myself because I always looked at these five or six games when you come back from all, I just had a significant advantage. Mm -hmm. And I always did that. And I always tried to make sure I had really good games because I knew conditioning was a factor. It's always a factor in the game. So you can be a great player, but if you can't get them down the court, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. So as long as I could run and move, you know, I could, I could do things. So I always looked at this as, a, as an opportunity to gain an advantage on my opponent during this peri time period because I saw how those guys came back from All-Star. Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, they were running like nothing, and the rest of us were just trying to, like, catch our breath because we, <laughs> we hadn't done anything. I was like, mm -hmm. never again am I going to allow myself to happen. So, you know, it's always funny to watch it now because some things change, some things don't. But to watch Joel, and I just those were like a couple games that I just watched, and I was like, <laughs> those guys, like, they're running around where everybody else is just they're sucking air. Do you think that's the reason why LeBron is able to just keep this run going, right? Because he has been playing so deep in the playoffs. He's been staying. He's been playing and playing at that Dude, high level. You just keep it going, keep it look, rolling. To all of the to the kids, the boys and girls who are listening, to people who are listening here, here's the trick. The trick is to never get out of shape. Yeah. That's the trick. All mm -hmm. of this stuff about how many shots <laughs> you shoot and all that really doesn't matter. The trick is to never get out of shape. Right? Re, you know, resting. I'm writing is, this down right now. Resting is part of your recovery. <laughs> you know, resting. If you're working hard, you got to rest. Mm -hmm. You have to go out there every single day as a professional in the summer and figure out a way to never allow yourself to get out of shape. Mm -hmm. Every day, you got to do something to say, I'm doing something with the idea of knowing that there's no way to to play the game without being in condition.
So why am I worried about shooting shots? Why am I worried about showing how many jumpers I can shoot if I'm not in condition to shoot? Okay. This is the I'm, Carmelo conundrum, right? You know, I don't know whose conundrum it is, but, <laughs> but here, here's the deal. And one day I'm going to do this because I, I always laugh at this, right? This is a really one of the funniest things. Is I, I tell my son all the time, right? Who's 19. I said, you know what? I could go out right now at 52 mm-hmm. and I can go out and make 20 out of 25 threes. I could go out there and make 20 threes in a row. People be like, oh man, he got it. And then I could put <laughs> in a caption, hashtag grinding. I can do all of those things. I no days off. No days working off. Hard. Working hard. I, I could do Arm, that. capital, yeah, strong. Yeah, I could do all of these things. And people would be like, oh wow, he still got it. Yeah, okay. BK looking swole out there. I got one problem right now. I can't move to get open to shoot it, okay? I, 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 my legs would crumble if I tried uh-huh. to move quick right now or tried to get open. But if it was just me standing in front of a camera, mm-hmm. I could just make, I could make 25 threes in a row. That, that's easy. I just can't move fast enough to get open to shoot it. Well, just get to the corner, right? Just wait for well, LeBron to yeah, kick yeah. it out. You, you got to play defense. You got to do something, right? <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? For if someone faked me right now, they, I don't know what would happen. You know those cartoon characters with their arms just fall off? So if someone faked me right now, I can't react. So, but what I'm saying is, is you know, when, when, when these players are doing all of these posting and all of these things, yeah. it really doesn't matter. You can see through it. It doesn't really because the one thing that I'm, I'm going to check first and foremost mm-hmm. as an ex-player was your conditioning. I'm going to check your conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. When I would play against a Tim Hardaway, who was going to stop a crossover with him coming in full speed? Certainly not me. Clearly, no one figured it out yet, right? I mean, the guy played like in the 80s, right? And no one in 2020 has figured it out yet, okay? And we have all the technology, <laughs> analytics. People were studying so, those yeah, moves. Yeah. We're still like trying to, how did he do that? Okay. But what I was going to check, and, and, and when Tim comes on, Tim knew every time I played against him as I was going to force him to play for 94 feet. Mm-hmm. Pick him up. Yeah, I'm going to pick him up full court. The I'm master gonna, P model. I'm going to pick up Isaiah Thomas. Yep. I'm going to pick up all of those players, mm-hmm. and I'm going to check their conditioning. Because if, they, if, if their conditioning isn't right, nothing else is going to be right. Yeah. That's the first and foremost. And that is what the great players are. They're in superior condition. I don't care about a shot. I don't care about a jump shot. I don't care about a move. If you're not in condition to execute the move, the move means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I'm watching all these players. I go to the gym and I watch all these players. You know, this player is shooting a fadeaway. This guy's shooting the one leg of this. This guy's doing the crossover. If he's not in shape, <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. Now, it looks good for the gram. It looks good for the you know the Twitter and all of the other social yeah. media platforms. TikTok. TikTok and all of the things. You know the TikTok girls. They love those fadeaways. But when it comes to the actual game, who's in condition? Mm-hmm. Who's prepared to go 48 minutes? The who's, Miami Heat. Who's prepared? Let's first take care of mm-hmm. the essentials. Who's prepared to go on this journey? Mm-hmm. That's the first and foremost. I don't see anybody showing me they doing road work. But when it, the only sport to me that they're the only true sport is boxing because you can't fake your conditioning in that ring because mm-hmm. you're going to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Everybody's got a plan. Everybody's got a plan. And then when you get knocked down, you Mm -hmm. gotta make a choice. And the only thing that's gonna get you up is your conditioning. Mm -hmm. You can you can have you can be you can have all the heart in the world. You can have all of the the game planning in the world. You can have all of those things. The only thing that's going to allow you to get up when you get hit is your conditioning. Why do you think Rocky was climbing the stairs? It's the same. It's the conditioning. So when I see a player conditioning, that catches my attention. Seeing a player shoot, got up a thousand jump shots today, that means nothing to me. I, crossing over, nothing to me. All of these things, <laughs> one legged fall away, nothing. Yeah, yes. I want to see who can play for 48 minutes. You know what's funny about that? And the reason why I like the Clippers team is because last summer, during the summer, we would go down in the beach in Playa del Rey, and there right. would be one man on the beach, barefoot running in the sand like a maniac and his name is Montrez Harrell and you know everyone was like look at Montrez over here like what what like what is kind of workout this is for basketball I was like this isn't for basketball well I guess it and eventually will lead to basketball but it's conditioning it's just like running on the beach he's like that's what I had to do and now look at him now, now he's Montrez over. is not shooting a fadeaway Montrez <laughs> is not doing but my when you play against Montrez it's 48 minutes if he's however many minutes he's on the he, floor you yes. know you got to work yes See, Montrez is going to force you to do all of the things you really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You got to work when you play against him. See, Pat Riley, I learned this watching Pat Riley. Pat Riley, when he was with the Lakers, he had the slick hair, mm-hmm. Showtime. Godfather. He's all of these things. Pat Riley is really a blue-collar coach. Mm-hmm. But he disguised himself as this L.A. whatever. When he went to the Knicks, it wasn't about – how many fadeaways you're going to shoot. <laughs> it wasn't about who had the nicest offense. It was about who was prepared to play the hardest for 48 minutes. If you play for 48 minutes hard and we play for 48 minutes hard, now it's just going to come down to the talent. But the one thing that we knew then, and, and we always learned, we learned it from the Pistons, was first let's establish that everyone here is in condition. Mm-hmm. Now, if everyone is in condition, we feel that our talent is better than your talent. We feel that Michael Jordan's talent is better than any of the players that you put, whether it's Patrick Ewan, Isaiah Thomas, whoever else was Magic, on the floor, whoever, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. As long as the conditioning was equal. If they were in better condition than us, mm-hmm. now they have a significant advantage. So, so Barkley was perfect when you when you guys got Barkley. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> because it, look, Charles was an incredible player. He was the MVP. Charles yeah, was an incredible player. Yeah. He was an incredible player. Mm-hmm. His conditioning level was nowhere near Jordan's level. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Charles Barkley, that year was phenomenal. When I tell you he had an incredible year, that I think that was his Not, first year. Ninety three, right? Ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Barkley was. Absolutely, at the he was at the pinnacle mm-hmm. of having an effect on the game. The difference, the, the difference of him and Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan was prepared to go whatever was necessary beyond the forty-eight minutes. So for Jordan, the forty-eight minutes meant nothing because he always played the game zero-zero. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between him and the other player. Now Charles was incredible. But you just saw someone that was willing to go above and beyond whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think you saw that with the late Kobe Bryant. Yes. You saw someone that was willing to go. See, up. with Tiger Woods. You there's see a certain, there's a certain, certain type of person. You see, you go, yes. okay, these people are prepared Serena to go Williams. 
above and beyond. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not just about talent with them. I'm not going to just beat Roger you on Federer. talent. I'm just going to beat you on because I'm willing to do whatever is necessary. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the, that's what makes the great ones great. Mm -hmm. Like when they're prepared to go, they say it's like you almost escape time and space. And Tom Brady's doing that right now. How old is that guy? Yeah, we don't know. It doesn't matter. The guy is willing to pay whatever the price is. Mm -hmm. And everyone who has competed at any level, when you see that guy, you know that's a different guy. Mm -hmm. This guy, there's a lot of players. How many players have we seen over the years that we say, man, that guy has a, that guy or that woman has incredible talent? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many. Coulda, yeah. woulda, shoulda, Think ought. about how many five stars we have every yeah, year. Every, yeah. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, ought. Mm -hmm. they, they could be. We see the potential. Mm-hmm. But how many people, when, when have you ever associated potential with some of the names you just named? You didn't say Jordan could be a great player. You didn't say, you don't say Brady could be. You don't say Tiger Woods could be. Those people are. Mm -hmm. You didn't say Muhammad Ali could be, could have <laughs> been the great. You know, mm -hmm. he, he was the greatest. Yeah, or Kareem. You, yeah. Kareem. You don't mm -hmm. say this guy could be a good score if. <laughs> oh, this is, this is it. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. So that is, to me, is the difference. And when I look at LeBron now, LeBron is in great condition. Mm -hmm. He stayed in great condition. That's the That's trick. how he's able to play. That's yeah. the trick. I want to see the guys who are doing the conditioning. I want mm -hmm. to see Montrez here because if you have talent and you're working like him, mm -hmm. that's a that combination you can't lose. Mm -hmm. You can't lose. And even if you do lose technically in a game, you know that you did all you could to make your, put yourself in a position to win so you can live with those results. You can, who can't live with those results? Mm -hmm. Who can't? Yeah, exactly. But before we get out of here, uh, quickly, I, I always send you tweets on Twitter, which you always find fascinating. You're like, where do you find this I do. This stuff? How, where do you find this, and how do you do this? And I want to learn this. <laughs> I want to learn how to talk in a sound bite. You know, yeah, you, you say you. like four words, and but I get the whole meaning. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. It's like you know, short little like you know maxims. I guess is the best yes. way to put it. But I'll, I'll send you tweets, and I sent you a Jay Billis tweet. And again, Jay Billis has been tweeting Young Jeezy, and he's already Young Jeezy's become just Jeezy by the time Jay Billis has been tweeting all of his lyrics but i sent you a jay billis young jeezy tweet from like, i think like thug motivation 103 and then you came in today and you said we got to talk about bars i got bars for you so here we are before we get out of here planet bars with bj armstrong the most important and and i and i and i mean this right you know as you guys know mm -hmm. our listeners I, i'm a huge hip-hop yes I, I i love the music i grew up with the music and as a young kid growing up in detroit you know, I was the first one in my family to graduate from college. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother, who couldn't read and write, bless her soul, always encouraged me to go to school. She, her, her goal for me was not to make it in the NBA. Her goal for me was to be the first one in our family to graduate mm -hmm. from college. She was from Tennessee, moved to Detroit, like so many families did in that time, to work and do the things in my family. All my family came up to Detroit, and that's how we came to Detroit. And... Right around 83, 84, there was this song named Sucker MCs <laughs> by Run DMC. Mm -hmm. And DMC said something in a song, and I remember as a kid it caught my attention, and it stuck with me in a way that you just never know who's listening. He said, I'm DMC in the place to be. I think he says, I went, mm -hmm. I went to St. John's University since kindergarten, I acquired the knowledge. And after high school, I went straight to college. Though that, those bars right there made such a significant impact on a young kid like me mm -hmm. because I, it opened my idea of like, 
oh wow it's first of all it's cool to go to college yeah here's one of my favorite saying he went to college and he said he acquired the knowledge and i was like what's this knowledge like i just went to school i, mm -hmm. I didn't and that made me think outside of my box mm -hmm. of saying okay there's college. My grandmother talks about it, but that was just my grandmother. That was just my parents talking about it. And though those words meant so much to a 16-year-old kid growing up in the city of Detroit, because you have so many options. You can go right, you can go left. There's a lot of things, but I wanted to go to college. And I didn't just want to go to college now to play sports. No. I wanted to go to college because you know what? He said there was something out, you know. Here mm -hmm. was a guy he said, I, you know, I, I went to St. John's University. I was from Hollis, Queens. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know, like, what's St. John's University? What's this knowledge he was getting? Mm -hmm. So he was the first person that gave me the idea. As soon as I graduated high school, I got to go further. Mm -hmm. And it's not the, the end. Yeah. It's not the end. It mm -hmm. was just the beginning. And that those words meant so much to a 16-year-old kid. And, you know, I always joke about, you know, I'm a lyricist, right? I love lyrics. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the music, but the words are very powerful to people, and you just never know who's listening. It's poetry. And DMC, Run DMC, and, you know, the late Jam Master J, that's what gave me my inspiration to be where I'm sitting at today is because he gave me direction. Mm -hmm. He gave me a vision of, like, what I could be. He gave me an opportunity, inspired me as a young kid to say, you know what? There's life after high school. You can do things. And I was listening to him on a cassette tape, right? You probably don't even know what a cassette tape is. Well, I was in North Carolina. We yeah, still had cassette tapes. You tape. still have so, cassette. Yeah, yeah, they don't send us CDs. But, yet. you know, I, I, I listen to all music, but those lyrics were the most impactful lyrics that I heard as a kid, and they stuck with me. And the inspiration of yeah, we've done what we what we what we you know we've done a lot of different things, and I was able to play professional basketball. But my true inspiration was to go to college because DMC said it in a song, mm -hmm. and I never forgot that. And uh, when I saw Jay Billis, and I wanted to just thank Run DMC for inspiring me as a young kid while they're here, mm -hmm. and um, to say thank you because that meant so much to me then. And that's when I, it's always stuck with me. And I, and I always try to, like people always come up to me all the time about what I did as a basketball player. But my true inspiration was to be able to go to school and be the first person to graduate in my family from college. And um, that was my gift to my grandmother. And I, I thanked her then and I thank her now for saying, you know what, BJ, there's something bigger mm -hmm. uh, than just going out there and playing. So, but th those words, I just want to say thanks to Run DMC. Yeah, shout out Run DMC. And uh, it's funny enough that comes full picture because in North Carolina, J. Cole, you know, he went right. to St. John's. And he was like, that was a I, big thing, you know, for people in North Carolina. They were looking up to him and said, I wanted to be an MC. And he was like, well, I went to St. John's. I went to college first right. and now I'm here. And now Jay-Z signed me. And now I made myself a star. But first I did this next step. I went to college. You don't have to go to the military. You don't have to go to the Marines. Right. Go to college. Make it happen. So powerful stuff. Absolutely. And uh, again, we are pushing through as always, and we will be back next week on Tuesday. We're, we're looking for a guest, BJ. I don't know if you've heard. We may have a guest next week. We'll tease that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Keep pushing through, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Okay.